Thank you for joining the Unbiased Label Podcast with your host, Zara Karutz. This episode is part one of a two-part conversation with Maxim, who is an entrepreneur, technical leader, software security designer, and architect, and quantitative trader based in Australia. Max is founder of several companies focused on algorithmic trading, cryptocurrency, blockchain, artificial intelligence, and software engineering. Max works with international partners from US, Australia, UK, Singapore, Russia, Ukraine, India, Laos, and Thailand. Max, who started his career almost 20 years ago as a software engineer, designing and coding a number of network utilities and service cores, has since then focused his uh, attention on cybersecurity, where he works with tech giants like IBM and Microsoft. For the past 10 years, Max's focus on AI technologies and development of algorithmic modeling has made him stand apart. Please join us as we talk about the use of technology to bridge the digital world with the physical world through unique interactive experiences. In this episode, we talk about artificial intelligence, machine learning, data, and the use of smart view technology in retail. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Hello. Hello. Hi, Maxim. How are you? Hi, Zara. How are you? I'm good. I'm great. I'm so excited to talk to you all the way from across the world. I'm in London. You're in Australia. So that's cool. Um, So we're going to talk about data, machine learning, modeling, and blockchain. You know, the fashion industry is notoriously slow adopters. And... Mm -hmm. I think fashion is a reflection of society in general. So if, if, if that tells you anything about society, then I think society is also slow adopters. <laughs> so I'm excited to talk to you because you are a cryptocurrency, machine learning. I mean, you're just an expert in so many different areas. And um, that is reflected in your digital dream lab, the company that you own. So thank you for talking all things crypto tonight. Tonight for you, uh, in the morning for me. Thank you for having me tonight. Um, yeah, I'm happy to talk about all this stuff, about the, what I do, about what I know, and uh, something which I'm I'm still studying. Uh, Let's dive right in because there's so much to cover. And I think for today's purpose, you know, our audience, everything is going to be sort of new for them. And there's so many things to cover from a consumer behavioral machine learning standpoint to actually what is blockchain and cryptocurrency. So um, why don't we start with your company and what you do, and then we can kind of transition into the smart view, and then from there we'll go into kind of the basics of blockchain. What do you say? Uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, let's start with my company. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm 
I'm not only the uh, founder of Digital Dream Lab, I am also founder of a number of other startups and companies. Uh, they, are mo they are at most uh, do the AI job, but more specialized in different areas. For instance, I, I, I built an advisor for trading systems, for trading cryptocurrencies and for stocks. So I also uh, do some kind of uh, secure communications. Uh, that's another company which do that. And Digital Dream Lab is a company which aggregates my experience and experience of all my teammates to one to solve the one single one single thing is to implement AI into businesses. So we have we decided to uh, to help businesses to get acquainted with AI and get. Uh, get the benefit from using AI in, the, in their everyday life. And Maxim, when we say AI, we mean artificial intelligence. Can you please tell us what AI slash artificial intelligence means? AI is uh, slash artificial intelligence is a set of technologies. For now, it's a set of technologies which uh, allows us to augment the uh, mach allows machines to augment the their understanding. For instance, uh, they are made for specific task. For instance, they are uh, mostly aggregating data. They mostly discovering some uh, some s sort of sequences in data. Uh, they discover some kind of. Uh, data tracking or and make some predictions. Speaking easily, artificial intelligence now can do all what the human can see, uh, what, what human can do. For instance, computer vision is based on artificial intelligence. So we can teach computer to see like a human to identify yeah. objects. So what you're saying is artificial intelligence is the collection of data and it is then aggregated and analyzed and then used for prediction or behavioral type uh, guessing or maybe we don't want to say guessing because that's not scientific enough, predictive. Um, it, it, it's a it's a collection of data that's used in an algorithm format to understand its meaning. Correct. Okay. Uh, so this is what we're talking about in terms of artificial intelligence and data and machine learning is really focused around c consumer behavior patterns, wouldn't you say? Uh, consumer behavior patterns is uh, is a big chunk of problems we need to solve. Yeah, it's a big chunk of market. Uh, you know, I, it's interesting because I'd like to kind of talk about AI in your smart view and, and understanding this technology through the lens of fashion. I think uh, there are several several positions, several uh, directions which AI can. Uh, help businesses in uh, fashion industry and help individuals 
as well. So the first one, uh, I will name all five. The first one is uh, recommendations. This is pretty common. This is pretty common with smart view, but it's pretty common with any other industry. We can understand, the machine can understand what the client wants and complete the look, completes her look or someone else's look. When we buy some kind of garment, we need to get some additional, uh, some, something to add. And here, AI can help us to recommend. The next one is uh, some kind of silent platforms. We use uh, we use modeling, mathematical modeling, to advise what uh, which which garment or which thing will fit better. Uh, this uh, the third one is <clears throat> visually similar recommendations. For instance, for instance, for color of shape. Uh, some shape of garment we can we can pick uh, pick some alternatives okay we can scan a photo put it in computer and machine will give us visually similar something similar recommendations which is which is, maybe fit or not fit it depends uh, and then the important thing is visual search uh, <clears throat> when uh, it's it's a uh, Logical, logical extension of visual recommendations. A customer uploads image and uh, looks for similar products. And one more, one more thing is studying advice. So that's a thing we need to we need to treat as uh, as a <clears throat> how part piece will highlight the body. So that's. Uh, it's real advice like human will do, like human will give. When, when you mm. come to a, to a shopping mall, some lady, I don't know, lady or um, someone else will give us recommendations, will us advices what, uh, what will fit or what will not fit. How is the data collected? How is it mined? How is it sourced? How is it extracted? Normally, the data collected through cameras. Uh, cameras in markets, uh, they put they put on the uh, they put to track even emotions of customer. For instance, if someone if a customer comes to a shopping floor, we need to know everything about him. Everything to understand: Does he really want? He really loves? Or really, or not love. That depends, uh, because because customer himself he may uh, he may agree with the seller and buy it, but eventually won't be satisfied with the purchase. So uh, right, yeah. But that's but that's mm -hmm. a motive, Max. I mean that that's an emotion. That's an emotive. You're asking how a customer who walks through your store, your physical store feels, likes, is engaging. How can machine learning or data quantify an emotive internal mechanism of a human being? Hmm. Currently, this technology already exists. Uh, there are technology, this technology integrated in SmartView as well, uh, which reads the customer face emotions. 
and it can distinguish simple simple emotions like dissatisfaction, happiness, something something very 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 uh, distant. But we are constantly improving that. Uh, I believe this year, maybe next year, we will finish all this and we will be completely uh, make completely different product. We completely get what the customer is thinking about. That's next step, but these technologies already exist. So I walk into a store and a camera is placed on me from the ceiling, I suppose, or some sort of like security camera looking thing. And it can track my movements throughout the store and also my facial expressions to search for extracting my emotions like happiness or displeasure or some sort of engagement with my experience while being in the store shopping yes of course of course absolutely wow uh, these uh, for now our technology uh, just uh, just can distinguish simple emotions but we are constantly improving that and it's not only on ceiling it could be on shelf uh, that's that's not a problem when, is uh, it a camera? How how do you do? How how do you engage in the, the, the collection of the human and the data in the store? Uh, through the camera, we have uh, we have a pilot pro uh, project running in here in Australia, and in one particular store uh, for half a year, we are running this technology. That's hi-fi store. That's not fashion shop, but uh, people are totally okay. People are totally okay that they are. They are under cameras, and cameras looking at them constantly. No problem. Do they know, or the, what's the warning like in the UK? You see CCTV everywhere. I think it's sort of just known that there's no privacy in the world anymore. Uh, yes, but uh, cameras are not only the source. Uh, they they are the most reliable source. But come to say airport, if you use free Wi-Fi in airport, that means you're still being tracked. You tracked for the same the same purpose. Uh, the free Wi-Fi in airports, in every international airports, they provide free Wi-Fi. So what it, what what they do is they track your mobile device where you're going. That's a huge space, and a lot of shopping uh, shopping shopping places in airport they track where people go. The same without cameras. This is why I want to go back to 1992 with a home phone and a pager. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, and then it's a good, good thing. So, you know, to your point, there's data everywhere. You can buy it. You can extract it. You, it's being mined constantly. Mining is just like that. And you think of going into the earth and mining for resources, the world is mining for data because within the data holds information of consumers and behavior and what they're doing. And that's the value. Yeah. Uh, most of data is, is really never used. So you're right. A lot of data producing every single moment and stored in some servers and somewhere in, in some distant places, remote database, blockchains, Every, everywhere, but the only only few it's a small part of this data is really used. Most of them just a, just a big storage, just a fulfilled storage.
Is that because they don't, people don't know how to use it? There's no data scientists? You have industries that are, are, are clueless? Why? Uh, for, now, uh, for now, you're right. Uh, the, people don't, uh, don't know what to do with all this data. Uh, there are, of course, there are data scientists, uh, data engineers, but uh, all this data is collected for some point in future. When the future, there will be demand for some historical data, so they will recover all this, I believe, and uh, make the decision. For instance, weather data, weather data has been collected for centuries, right? And uh, sometimes when we need to predict weather, we predict the average weather of this year or the, let's say this day, or can, to compare, we can compare that with every day for the last century. Well, I think personally, and this is just my opinion, so take it for nothing that it's worth. But if you look at Amazon, for example, and our friend Jeff Bezos, and the, the collection of the proprietary data that he's collecting through Amazon, and now with, you know, the Echo or the Alexa, whatever that's called, the, the Dot, I'm not certain which one, but all those devices that are that interactive voice recognition home smart system I heard on NPR, this was two years ago, this is not new, but at that point they were talking about every five seconds, it, whatever is in your home is being recorded. And where it's going, I don't know, but you could imagine for consumer purposes that they want to know the consistency of when you're brushing your teeth, and then if you're buying your toothpaste on Amazon, how much you're using so that they can integrate your usage with products and then that sort of product automation can happen without any sort of human reminder. It just happens. And people love convenience. That's the beauty of technology. It's like, oh, you're doing something for me that I don't have to worry about. So who knows how it's going to be used, but that would be one common sense sort of connecting the dots of data, right? Uh, yeah, the, uh, people people get convenience in exchange of sharing their private data. <laughs> I'm a, what do you call that? Not a millennial, but the one before that. And I remember growing up, you would shred everything. I mean, shredders in the house, you were worried about fraud and you didn't want any of your information out there. And then now it's like, oh, who cares? Whatever. Like, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, there's no concern over your personal information anymore. So, um, yeah. Okay. So let's go back to then how this is being used in stores, because we sort of went around to understand data, which is really interesting. But smart view in particular, when a customer is walking through the store and you start tracking their emotions, I'm happy, I'm questioning where I'm going in the patterns of the store. I'm sure that has a lot to do with merchandising. Like, is the flow working? Uh, uh, what's, the, what, what's the output of all of that data if, just through the lens of smart view and tracking customer behavior and experience while in store? Answer this question and to explain how the technology works briefly. Uh, so when someone comes to a shopping floor, uh, the cameras start tracking uh, tracking while he's rolling on the shopping floor, making some, uh, looking at some shelves, uh, roaming, uh, roaming on the floor, and then we can understand that if he, if he went to this point, this point, and that point, that 
he's mostly interested in, say, Apple iPhones or some other sort of technology, technology things like cameras or whatever. So we use collaborative filtration to, to, to combine all these roots together. So we have a lot of sources, we have a lot of observations of various, various, various people who came on this shopping floor and bought something. I'm sorry, what did you call that? Max aggregated what? Aggregated, uh, so observations. Observation. Aggregated observations. Oh, okay, that's new for me. Yeah, so we observed, uh, we observed their movements. The, we have thousands and thousands of observations. And when we aggregate them, we build a picture. We build that we can classify them. And after someone gets classified, uh, the, the advice comes instantly. So it comes on a wearable device of someone, uh, a shopping assistant, for instance. He comes and helps him. Say, uh, for instance, uh, shopping assistant receives on, on his wearable device uh, some note like, okay, uh, in the sector B, there's a man in, let's say, red jacket who is looking for Apple iPhones. Okay, what else do we know? What else do we need? Just that. He's going, he's approaching the sector and makes him makes him some some <clears throat> some offer he can't refuse right yeah because what you're saying is clearly in today's day and age when everyone can shop online there's no real physical need to walk through a store that if a person is investing their time into physically walking through the doors they're there for a reason so this AI, artificial intelligence, and modeling, and understanding and collecting of data is there to assist in, in, in figuring out what this person wants while they're in your store. Uh, I can agree partially with that, uh, because I, I personally come to a store to touch, to understand how it will work, and probably then buy in some online store that's cheaper or uh, which comes with more oh. options, something like that. So, uh, for instance, if I'm buying a laptop, so I come and touch, uh, then order in some other place. So, Well, that's because that's a product versus something you're putting on your body. I would imagine the shopping experience for fashion is slightly different than technology, in the sense that if you're it's if it's on you and you're looking it in the you're looking in the mirror, how are you? You could do that comparison online, but you'll probably not find it. And then what? So maybe the engagement levels are slightly different based on category of retail. I, I see there's uh, an issue with uh, changing clothes uh, clothes every time. So for instance, if you have uh, ten uh, ten different models to try, it will take some time. Right, and if we have yeah. to have four hundred, it will take a lot of time. Uh, having a visually similar recommendations, we can uh, we can print a photo, and how it will look. So there's no need to physically wear every every type of clothes you want to buy. Well, here we go. This is what's happening right now, and you're talking about digital fashion. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know how I've, I've seen it used is this is no different than the, um, the use of NFTs 
to buy art, you know, or fashion in the sense that you're creating a mark. And I know you're probably not talking about a marketplace, but I've seen fashion now in the marketplace where people can go virtually uh, shopping and, and buy virtual clothes to use for their social media. They can use it for whatever they want online. And so what, what the notion is you could you use the same technology to see if you like it on you, or perhaps you can buy it so you can have it in your digital closet. So if you're, you want to have a new LinkedIn profile, you could go in and say, I'm going to put that dress on or whatever. So what you're talking about is this use of digital fashion to transport the garment onto the person digitally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is all happening. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is the world we're living in, right? This is not um, futuristic. This is not what could be. This is not some crazy harebrained idea. This is all really happening IRL in real life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's not a technology of future. That's currently happening. And what is, what is currently building and maybe life in several years, that is um, ownership, tra ownership tracking. That's, uh, that's made with, uh, you mentioned NFT tokens. I, mm -hmm. I mean that uh, if someone is, someone, we can track the history of some exclusive garment or some production. So when, uh, when the, something is being manufactured, some fashion thing is being manufactured, we can, tr we can track it at all, all stages. And end customer also can track it. That's important. Yeah, it has providence. I mean, this 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 is happening right now, and a lot of luxury fashion houses are using this technology for asset protection. To your point. Thank you for listening to the Unbiased Label Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, then please connect with us on social media, tell a friend, and leave a review. Please tune in next time for more conversation on fashion and culture from a critical global perspective at the intersection of industry and academia. Until next time, stay well.